original coin. It's Lee. You honor me with your presence. Crispy D. Pokemon is so tiny, it hurts so much. Drastic usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. It's uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Brad Ziegler here with you every Monday, Wednesday. As always, get you ready for week two of the NFL season, week two of your fantasy season. As a reminder, if you're listening to this on iTunes or anywhere, the free podcast network is out there now, and you're not a subscriber to The Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback, name of the show, you can get 40% off and actually get to read all the great content that we have over there for you, including the other podcasts and other stuff that we have, including more football, the ranking show, which is part of the reason we're not going to go too far into what rankings are today, a waiver show, which is why we talk waivers, but we don't do like specifically waivers on Monday because we have a waiver show. We have a ranking show. We have baseball shows. If you want that Chris Mead is going to be doing a hockey show with a famous person coming up this season. So there's a lot to go through and baseball is going to go all off season, but you're here for football. I think the biggest thing that we always say this time of year, every single year, guys, is relax. It was one week, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Patience. Patience, people. Yes, let's not overreact. It is only one week. And on top of that, what we're seeing more so this year, what we saw was preseason, a lot of these players, they took it very lightly. So a lot of these guys, like Jacobs looked so good the other day, but we didn't get to see him at all in preseason. So some of these guys, really, week one was their first time that they really got a feel, took some hits. So patience. Maybe we'll panic after week two if some of these studs don't have good performances, but I'm not panicking yet. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's this is, but at the same time, you need to you need to be smart with it because there are some moves that weren't just one week moves. I mean, Darius Geis is out several weeks. Tyree Kill's out four to six right. weeks, according to the report this morning. Like McCole Hardman is is still unowned in a whole lot of leagues, and I'm gonna assume he's gonna be starting opposite Sammy Watkins. Like I want a piece of that offense. And if that if I can get it cheap, grabbing it off the free agent wire for for free or or a dollar waiver or something like that, then absolutely give me a shot and, and see what happens. And at least as a bench stash just to see how it plays out this week. Well, so here's the biggest thing is I let off the rankings column on the site, by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out. That's where you check the link. And yes, the widget with overall rankings, despite a giant paragraph, a little blurb there saying it. Reminder, Thursday, there's going to be a widget. There will be overall rankings for you guys. But I want to tell both you and everybody out there listening, what I put at the beginning was last week. Let's just look at, or not even last week, last year, I should have said. Last year, Matt Ryan, week one, he was QB 26 that week because he basically did nothing. Carlos Hyde, through week four last year, was the sixth best running back. Marlon Mack played in one game before week six. Robbie Anderson, everybody. Wide receiver 82 through week four, and then was a wide receiver two the rest of the way. And the best one on top of Matt Ryan, you know what Travis Kelsey did in last year, week one? Chris, do you remember? Oh, I know, I yeah, know Brad probably I, remembers. I, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> one like, catch yeah. for six yards catch. in week one I do last that. year. Yeah. So, and I remember thinking to myself, if he, is Mahomes going to use his like dominant weapon in the red zone? And I remember ta- having that conversation, I probably with you. <laughs> yeah, and he went off from there on out. Yeah, and that was and that was a game that Mahomes threw four touchdown yes. passes. Like yes. It wasn't like they weren't exactly. throwing or anything. Like he... They were using him. They were running the score up, and and yeah. Kelsey just wasn't involved. And then, you know, I think week two, he went like seven catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns or something against Pittsburgh in the in the sixth touchdown game. Yeah. Right. And we're not, like, we're not trying to be, like, 
jerks or anything. Just again, just breathe and relax. Yes, there's only now you know twelve to thirteen instead of thirteen to fourteen weeks before your playoffs, and it seems like a very tight window. But it was one week, and hey, people have been around long enough. Remember picking up Kevin Ogletree of his first two amazing games of that season, and then did nothing after that. So there's both sides of it. Chill a little bit, but we're here to help you. Like I said, this show isn't going to be like rankings. It's not going to be waivers. We're going to kind of go through each game, but not like your typical show where it's like, oh, check out this game. This is what we're looking for. No, it's going to kind of point out what are the tough decisions you guys are trying to face. The same thing we're looking at for this. So, for example, Thursday night. Let's kick it off with Thursday night, Chris. Tampa Bay at Carolina. There's two questions here. One is, are we going to be seeing the Thursday night curse as we did for most of last year? It wasn't every single Thursday night game, but it was more than not where the Thursday night game ended up being an offensive disappointment. And speaking of offensive disappointments, how concerned are you for the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston, who Bruce Arians was supposed to be able to fix? Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, it's just been one week, but it was a soft matchup against San Fran. I expected a little bit more. I think we said that on Monday's show. So I want to see a little bit more from Jameis. And, you know, there was... There's all kinds of excuses that we could make with the offensive line with, you know, an illness, like some kind of bug going around the locker room. Like there was some reports that, you know, Mike Evans wasn't even going to be able to play. But I'm looking for the offense to be a little bit better, actually, on both sides, to be honest. Like I want to see a little bit more from Cam Newton as well. I thought he made a, a few poor throws. And and what we like about Cam is is kind of like a little bit what we like about Winston is he's sneaky on the ground, Winston. But Cam, we know we at least expect some rushing attempts, some yards from him. He only ran the ball three times, negative two rushing yards. So I, I, I those are two things I'm looking for. But, um, yeah, definitely have some concerns more so with Tampa Bay than I do with Carolina. Like, let that offense has got to go. Yeah, there's there's too much <clears throat> excuse me, too much talent in in Carolina. We know Cam had well, he's kind of an up and down quarterback to begin with. Um I loved his comment yesterday where he he said something about he thinks North Turner has Christian McCaffrey on his fantasy team. I thought that was tremendous <laughs> because it was like the whole offense just runs through this guy 100% and, of the snaps. And yeah, and he and he and he can handle it. Like he's proven he can handle it. I I'm not worried about Carolina at all. I am a little worried about Tampa Bay, but I do think they're they're going to be kind of a boomer bust team because Jameis Winston's their quarterback, and we we've all seen the propensity for turnovers in the past. But he also uh, occasionally will have a game where he'll throw for 350 and four touchdowns, and and so it, it's just kind of picking those weeks and and those stats. You know the Mike Evans stats account for all that at the end of the season like this is the guy who's going to consistently get you 13 1400 yards eight or ten touchdowns and this is this is it comes with these lump games like he had last week so he's going to have big games I I think the fact that it's a Thursday night Carolina's defense got not that they were projected to be an elite defense but they got exposed just a little bit by the Rams and and I think it's a it, it, this game could turn into a shootout um if nothing else just because that there's gonna be um, a, a need to throw the ball a lot to stay in this game. Yeah, I, I think that's a big story. So let's talk about the running backs then because Ronald Jones looked better and we talked about it on the waiver show. Would you roll out Ronald Jones? Would you still roll out Peyton Barber? Are you doing anything with this backfield for this week? I would roll out Jones. I mean, it depends on your situation. I, I don't feel great about him being in RB2, and he probably isn't your RB2 if you own him. I mean, he's a flex guy, I think, at best. But, I, I mean, I would roll him out over Peyton Barber for sure at this point. Yeah, I, and it, I thought it was interesting that yesterday Arian said Peyton Barber is still the team starting running back. So I know he got, um, you know, got outproduced by Jones, and and even you know Ogun Bawale um, came in and and got you know got a lot of the passing work. So 
Um, it's interesting to see how, you know, how that'll play out because Barber played more snaps. He just didn't get a lot of work and he wasn't overly effective when he got the ball. And it's, it's almost kind of like they just believe Ronald Jones might be best kind of as a secondary option and change of pace type guy because they, I think they're afraid he gets exposed if he's out there all the time. So I have no problem rolling either one of these guys out in, in this game solely because it's Thursday. But I, like, I honestly feel like I don't want to be in this situation. Like that's, that's a desperation move to me if I'm playing either of these guys right now. All right, so let's move on and keep rolling here and try to get through all the games. San Francisco at Cincinnati, you talk about a failed offense. I mean, that was part of the game that was one of the bigger disappointments offensively because the San Francisco 49ers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers were supposed to light it up. So the 49ers at Bengals, before we even get to the Bengals, because we have a, a question there with the running back, but that's, look, check the link. There's a reason we check the link. It's because the rankings are going to be updated all the way till 1 p.m. on Sunday. So Joe Mixon's situation is going to be one to monitor. We'll talk about the wide receivers separate, but the running backs, nothing much to get into. 49ers, though, wide receiver-wise, Chris, is just like Dante Pettis was on the field for a handful of snaps. That might even be generous to call that because, what was it, four? Yeah, it was I three, think it two, like two, somewhere. yeah. Like, it's just, it wasn't much. The reports are unclear we don't know if this was still the same talk that we had in the preseason of he needs to earn a role or if he's still not 100 percent. but there was nothing really going here anyway it was george kittle as expected and everybody else even the fact of the touchdown which went to richie james of all people it wasn't like richie james had a ton of yards and we talked about the whole waiver situation with trent taylor on tuesday so the question being is not to break down each wide receiver who you're picking up i think the question is are you starting anybody in this team including the running back situation, which is now Breida and Mostert. Is there anybody you want to roll out there? Because it is kind of a nice matchup. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm not rolling out Pettis. I definitely, I'm definitely not doing that. And I'm not ready. We talked about this on Monday as well. I'm not ready to cut him. And if I saw him on any of my waiver wires, I checked this morning, he's he's not available. I would have picked him up and just like stashed him. And, and, and hopefully, you know, he starts to come around. He shows some signs that he showed last year, but you're right. As of right now, it's just George Kittle. I mean, that's the only guy in this offense that I want to start. So Pettis is not coming anywhere near my lineup. Like if you were able to pick up a Crowder, McLaurin, I don't know what your what anybody's situation is wide receiver. I would start those guys over over Pettis this week for sure. As for the running backs, you know, I took some shots on Mostert as well. I'm probably not going to roll him out. Probably not going to start him, but is a nice depth piece. Matt Breida, I would definitely start. Tevin Coleman, you know, high ankle sprain could be out. It's week to week. He could he could miss several weeks. So, I, I definitely like Breida. I, I think he's a maybe a low end RB two. If you got him as a as a flex guy, uh, you should feel pretty safe about him. I'd say. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with Breida as an RB two for sure. Definitely start Kittle. Um, I actually, so I, I'm in a league where the, the benches are really shallow. It's, it's a, it's like a 15 man roster. Um, we have a five man bench. I actually dropped Pettis in that league because I, you don't, in, in a league where you have shallow benches, you don't have as much time to just kind of sit there and wait on a guy. I dropped him and picked up McCole Hardman because I know Hardman's going to start this week. That's so in certain scenarios, I, I think it's okay to drop Pettis if it's a deeper, deeper benches and you can, you've got plenty of room to stash him on your bench. I have no problem doing that because the, at some point, I mean, his role has to increase. It can't get any worse. And um, at the same time, you, you know, if he did have some health issues, then, um, you know, you got to think that that they were, you know, cautious with him and he's going to, you know, just a little rest and he's going to get healthy again and then hopefully fight his way back into the lineup. Because I'd like to see him play. I want to see what this lineup, what, what this offense can do with Garoppolo, with a full set of weapons. And and we're not sure where, the, the way it's going. We're never going to get that. I mean, he already lost Coleman and and... 
you know, he's, he's just, we, I want to see if Garoppolo can play at all, because like we talked about preseason, like, we're not sure this guy is that great of a quarterback. And they went out and gave him a monster contract extension, you know, after giving up a second round pick for him without really ever seeing him play. And so it's, it's, you know, interesting to see how they're going to bounce back against Cincinnati because it is a good matchup. Like you said. All right. So then we'll look at the Cincinnati side of it and we, you know, talk about the running backs. That's clear. So on the wide receiver side, how aggressive are you guys being with John Ross? Is it pick him up and plug him in? Because John Ross, the interesting part about that game, had more snaps than Tyler Boyd. Like Tyler Boyd wasn't on the field the entire time, which is kind of like, was there something else we don't know about? Uh, there's speculation. Obviously, nobody has the answer. But for all intents and purposes, and granted, it was giant plays, and one was one where he just kind of ran down the field uncovered. Uh, but John Ross, you immediately plugged him in your lineup against the 49ers because the 49ers might have been part of the problem for the Buccaneers because of their pass rush. Yeah, I again, it all depends on your situation, but John Ross, you know, here at The Athletic, hear that podcast growling with Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison, like John Ross was somebody they talked a lot about leading up to the season, about just with this new offense and Zach Taylor and just a, a fresh mind in there in Cincinnati that they felt like he was going to be a big part of this offense. Now, moving forward, I don't know with A.J. Green coming back, he's still a few weeks away. Like, I feel like this is just a short-term play. Like, you have to be in a tough spot because I think there's still there's still going to be some inconsistent games from him. He had a couple drops, uh, one big drop, and then they then they just went right back to him after he scored the second touchdown. I thought that was, like, certainly a, a, a positive at least. But I think there's going to be some, again, inconsistencies, but – they're going to use him. So you could be in a pinch like this week to answer your question. I guess I would like as a flex, it depends. Right. But I, I don't have you him as a top. I mean, I'm just like so back and forth, but no, I don't no. think he's a top 30 <laughs> wide receiver. No, I know, but it just like it was laughing because of the way did it, Brad did it like the way it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It's so tough because yeah, you need some context. Like I'm, I'm looking at all my teams, and I play in a, I play a lot of fantasy. Like he's not coming close. He's not going to come to my lineup, come close to my lineup. But I do have some shares. Like so, it, it, again, it's all about context. Like I just don't think he's a top forty, even top forty wide receiver this week. But the matchup is really nice. Yeah, and I, so yes. I, one thing I thought was interesting this week is Damian Willis outsnapped both those guys. Yeah, and. And he only ended up with three catches, 30 yards. But but it's it's kind of interesting how they're moving the receivers around with A.J. Green out of there. Um, obviously, you run Tyler Boyd out, Boyd out there. Um, you know, he was still productive even with a, a couple less snaps than Ross. But I, I actually like Ross, and I'm okay playing him this week. And the main reason is because this is a new regime. This is Zach Taylor coming out of the the Rams, you know, the the – the, the Rams coaching system, Sean McV- McVay, yeah, is it McVay, right? Um, coming out of his his coaching tree, that offense with it was a spread him and shred him style. And I think that this this coaching staff thinks John Ross can be something. It can he can there, he's got too much talent to just sit on the sideline like Marvin Lewis did with him. Let's give him a shot to roll him out there and see what kind of mismatches we can create. And this makes Andy Dalton completely viable. If they if they're gonna run three wide all the time, and and now you know Joe Mixon's a little banged up, and, and he, he may play this week, but they may limit his, his touches a little bit. And I mean, he Andy Dalton threw fifty one times against the Seahawks, threw for four hundred eighteen yards. Like there, that's a if you if you're streaming a quarterback and and sending him out against the 49ers, I'm totally okay with that. Listen, there, Jake. I mean, you know this looking at his numbers, but he had never had more than three catches. He never had more than seven <laughs> targets. Like this is a, not saying that this can't be done, but this is to the point that done. yeah, 
Probably not again. But to the point that Brad's saying and then what I'm trying to say with with having Zach Taylor and just like a new offense, it seems like it's going to be at least a little bit different than the boring old Marvin Lewis. You know what I mean? Well, no, that's the biggest thing as we've talked about before. And this is to go back to it and the picture I'm going to paint. And obviously it didn't work out, but I was just the point still remains is the backfield for the Miami Dolphins was saying like, you know what? There's no guarantee it's Drake, it's Bellage, it's not Mark Walton who they drafted or not Mark Walton. Um, now I just had a brain fart because I was thinking about they just picked him up. Uh, Miles Gaskin. And that was the whole point here is like to the entire thing we're talking about is there's no ties. When there's no ties, you have to be open to understand that the team might see players differently, might look for new roles, might look for new usage. So I'm with you. I, I'm definitely picking up John Ross, and if you want to go check the link, you can see where he's ranked. But I, I'll actually tell you guys, and you can tell me if he's too high. Because, Chris, you said top 40. I have a 34. Yeah. I would actually start him one spot in front of Curtis Samuel, who, again, oh, what a surprise. Cam Newton doesn't throw 50,000 times a game. It's going to be maybe a little bit tough for the height that was around Curtis Samuel. Now, I do have Curtis Samuel at 35. But I'm, I'm ready to slot in John Ross 34, one spot behind, who I think he's the exact same player as, at least for fantasy purposes, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I like Jackson ceiling a little bit higher, but absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair ranking. And yeah, with Will Fuller I, I, I and no John Brown. Yeah, similar. Yeah, <laughs> similar. Very, you're right. Very similar. Yeah, guys. they're all the same guy. Yeah, they, they really yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just if you could have a best ball team, uh, see what they did there. <laughs> just all them. Brad, just do you have all a best, together? Yeah, Brad, good luck. Do you have a best ball team, Brad? I have like forty <laughs> of them, but yeah, no, they're and By I. I don't have all these guys stacked. I don't know that. I honestly don't know that I own John Ross in, in any best ball leagues, but at the same time, like he's a perfect best ball guy. And there right. are some, you know, some, some weekly best ball games that you can play. So um, he's a perfect stash, perfect wide receiver three. The, the funny thing is, is like you talk about the best ball. I just, I don't care. Nobody cares about my teams, but I just thought it was funny. I scored like 190 something, something points because Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, of course. And then like a whole bunch, like a lot of my guys hit, the best part about it is because it was a it's a manual site because they it's the first time this site is ever doing best ball. Uh, it had Broke Antonio records. Brown and Melvin Gordon in my starting lineup. Oh, <laughs> and I still scored a, and destroyed the other team. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean you well, have I, I asked, some was, of these boom I like, guys. I was like, dude, is there like this is best ball, right? And they're like, what? You you wasn't bad enough. You beat me with two zeros. I was like, no, I just want to make sure going forward <laughs> that I don't have zeros in my lineup. I wasn't trying to be like, oh, let me crush you even more. But <laughs> it's just, I thought that was funny. I don't care if anybody else does. Let's go to the next game. <laughs> Chargers at Lions. Now the Chargers, everybody seem like to have more issues than just what we thought going in. Like their defense didn't even look that great for the first week. And granted, they're without top corner. They have issues other other places, but even without that, it was supposed to be a defense we might have to worry about. So for the Lions side of it, Brad, we saw how much Amendola was targeted. We saw TJ Hawkinson set the rookie record for receiving yards for a tight end in his first game by one yard. And we saw that Marvin Jones kind of got left out of the mix, but there's been talk that Marvin Jones isn't still necessarily 100%. Kenny Galladay was Kenny Galladay. The backfield was as frustrating as many of us thought it could be against the Chargers, are you? I mean, does it have to just be Galladay and carry on Johnson and you kind of just you go with what you want for the rest? Or do you have more confidence in those two guys? Or are you even questioning carry on Johnson at this point? Uh, I'm not I'm not questioning Johnson. Um, he, he got plenty of touches. It just just didn't you know break anything big. And, and that'll that'll come. I mean, he had his longest run was nine yards. So um, but he was he was in there a lot. He had a couple catches, you know, 18 touches. I'll take that out of my my RB2 any day. So um, I'm good with Johnson. 
I'm good with Marvin Jones. Um, you know, he, even though he still had four catches, 56 yards, it, it's that's a touchdown away from being a wide receiver too, or maybe not last week because of all the explosiveness. But but for the most part, like I, I'm good. Uh, you know, if he if he gets in the end zone at some point, they just didn't move the ball as well as I thought they would against Arizona. And that's the bigger concern for me is the overall offensive production. And, and a lot of their numbers are inflated because of the overtime game. And so it, it seems like, um, Amendola was just a nice security blanket for Stafford. I think in a PPR, you can definitely roll him out there as a wide receiver three or flex play. Um, cause he's, he's, I think he's going to get some consistent volume, but, but this is, you know, it's, it's not my favorite matchup. The Chargers defense for the most part, they, they weren't very great against the Colts. I will say that, um, which surprised me a little bit because I thought the Colts would, would struggle a little bit and, um, you know, kind of find their identity. And all of a sudden they just blew up week one against the Chargers and, and, you know, just got unlucky in overtime. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm probably shying away from the Lions a little more than most people, but I have no problem with the with the the top end guys that you spent high draft capital on. I'm, I have no problem rolling those guys out. Yeah, I mean you have carry on, you play them. There are some concerns, and people should be concerned. We talked about before that this is a team that wants to run the ball, and CJ Anderson, you know, are going to steal some touches. And yeah, it, Brad, you're right. It, this game was, you know, it went the distance, so it was t- it was a tie game. We we got a lot more passing from Matthew Stafford that I think that. We can expect going forward 45 attempts. Probably not going to see that too often out of this Detroit team. They're going to want to run the football. And I still think C.J. Anderson could be the goal line back there. That remains to be seen. But, yeah, if you have carry on, you play him. I like Amadola too. I think he's going to have that Golden Tate role. I think he's, you know, with Patricia in, in New England, they know what, you know, Amadola can bring to the team. And I think he's probably going to lead this team in targets almost every other week, which is – not saying that Kenny Galladay's not going to be the guy there. He obviously has the most upside. You you play him every single week as well. He's he's a stud. But I think Amendola is going to have some play, and I think JJ Hawkinson's certainly going to have some play. And I didn't think he'd be as good right off the get go. And I think Jake, I saw this floating around a stat on NFL Network that he only needs to average about 30 yards the rest of the way to break the rookie tight end record, which is <laughs> unbelievable because he's probably going to do that. Let's be honest. I mean, he had 131 week one. It's not going to happen every week, but he is an, a, a freak, and to be used that way. Right off the get-go, Matthew Stafford has never, ever, ever had a tight end weapon like this. They've been starving for that. So if you have him, good on you. Uh, he certainly has the upside to be a top-10 tight end. And, you know, if you did have him and you played him for some reason or, you know, I don't know what you have at the situation. Like, I would play him moving forward over Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, for example. Like, I don't know. Did you, did you hear that, Brad? He called him a freak. That's I mean, that's just kind of rude. <laughs> it's so I disrespectful, mean, I yeah. <laughs> I know. It's such disrespect. Yeah. All right, on the it's, other it's side of the ball. disrespectful to Javon Kirst, too. <laughs> Touche. First. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball with the Chargers, I mean, the Chargers don't involve a whole lot of thought here process-wise, but I guess the, the bigger question is like, we're not going to go back to the Austin Eckler selling high, blah, blah, blah. It's just if you're out there, and I know that we weren't going to do a lot of waivers, but you know, if a Chris Thompson's out there, Adrian Peterson and stuff like the usage that we saw in that first game, does it make you think that Justin Jackson's going to see that kind of usage the entire year and is therefore droppable, Chris? No, I wouldn't drop him. I definitely wouldn't start him. I, I have some shares that I'm just hanging on to. You never know what's going to happen there. You don't know if Melvin Gordon's going to come back or Eckler's all of a sudden going to suffer an injury. Then you you have a running back that's going to touch the ball about 20 times. So you, I don't think you can just put that on the waiver wire. Yeah, Eckler's, Eckler's shown in the past that with a lot of usage, he tends to get banged up a little bit. So I, I, I definitely wouldn't start Jackson. Um, but he's, you know, in this offense, like Phillip Rivers moves the ball and um, I, the, you know, the guy that concerned me the most was Mike Williams. Like this was a game where they were, they were tooth and nail all the way down to the end. And he basically was not being used. 
And and this was all mm. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Hunter Henry got got a couple you know passes in the middle of the field, but you know it why was the, the the core of their guys and and so look, I, look, I, I I'm just, very concerned with the other the other. This weapons. isn't like a victory lap or like I told you so, but it is uh, to be honest. Like look, the truth is, and this is what the concern was going forward. If you guys remember this, and I say everybody out there, and like, I'm not saying I'm just saying this is a reminder. Like I did it tongue in cheek at the beginning, saying this is a haha, told you so. But no, this is a reminder going forward. This is a legitimate concern. And Brad's right, and the reason I said that for week one and for the entire season is because of the offensive line issues. Philip Rivers doesn't have time to wait on Mike Williams or to find him. The routes that he runs takes longer. The, the runs that the routes that he runs are deeper downfield, involve more development. It was going to be a Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler boost because he has to get the ball out quick now because he's got so many issues. So that's why, again, like again, tongue in cheek at the beginning, but it is a legitimate concern that we have to watch going forward. Speaking of legitimate concerns. Do you have any about the Packers, Chris? Because they are at home now against the Vikings after being awful in week one, looking like they needed preseason. Uh, I have Geronimo Allison in one league. I'm willing to drop him even for like a Preston Williams because I that's one I, so far, at least through week one, I don't want to overreact to week one, but the use, the dude wasn't used. Like yeah. I thought that he, he could contend for Mark, Marquez Valdez-Scantling as being the number two. I actually thought it might be back and forth all year long. He was completely left out in week one. Now, maybe it's overreaction, but when you're completely left out, that's not, that's a little different than going like 0 for 4 on targets or 0 for 3. Hello, Corey Davis. Yeah, oh, for sure. I have I have a lot of concerns. I don't like this matchup at all. And, you know, Brad and I were on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. We weren't fans. Like, this is just a guy that last year just didn't look right, and I didn't like his weapons. I have no Geronimo Allison. I have a ton of MVS, so I was happy to see that. I, I'm with you, Jake. I think I would just move on from Geronimo. I know it's just one game. You don't want to overreact. Again, like 10-team leagues, absolutely cutting this guy. I would only hold him in like 14-team leagues, maybe a little bit deeper than that, but he would not come near my roster at all this week. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, against Minnesota, he hasn't just he hasn't had good games at all over the course of his career. He's, he's really struggled. More so in Minnesota, this game's in Green Bay, a little bit of a pass, but don't like Aaron Jones in this matchup. I know you got to start Devontae Adams to start your studs, but don't love him in this matchup either. Those are like the two guys that Jones, I would try to find another another option, honestly. And Rodgers is not a top 12 quarterback for me this week. And to be honest, you know, our, well. you know, our boy and friend of the business, Dane Martinez, and it's not really been roads closed. It's been kind of more like bumpy roads for his side of things. And he hasn't been as locked down as he sure. used to be. And Adams can over. Yeah, he could he could go up against any quarter in this league and have success. I'm not saying that. And I'm and I'm also saying you yes, you, you start him you absolutely start him <laughs> but like last week I didn't have him as a top five wide receiver I don't have him as a top five wide receiver this week going forward Man, he probably will you're just be. you're so rude today calling people freaks telling <laughs> Vontae Adams he sucks I mean come on come on Chris yeah I just yeah. have so a little bit of respect for the Vikings this. that's all week one you know Aaron Rodgers showed rust in that he didn't play at all in the preseason and I think that hurt Geronimo Allison quite a bit because he's a kind of a timing route player like he it's it's right all this under, you know, slant stuff. And if there's no chemistry there, he's not going to go that direction. Um, that being said, the Bears did a really good job taking Devontae Adams out of this game. And I don't know that the Vikings can do that. I, I think I actually have a lot more confidence in Devontae Adams as a, a, I would maybe put him as my wide receiver six or seven for the week. Um, I'm working on that today, so I don't have the, the, you know, the number, but I, I would put him toward the top because I think they're going to reemphasize getting the ball back to him because Rodgers talked about it in the preseason. He wants to get Adams the ball as, as much as he can. He wants to throw to him even more. They're going to look at this and be like, okay, we we 
sucked in that first game. We snuck through and now we've got to go back to our studs. And, and so that to me is a good sign that I think Devonte Adams may end up with like 10 or 10 or 12 catches this week. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he got a couple touchdowns, but he might be the only guy in this offense that I feel confident starting right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So what about the Minnesota side of things? I mean, it's just, just, it, we know what to do. This is the two wide receivers and Dalvin cook the end, no worries, no concerns or whatever, because Stefan Diggs didn't have a great game, but played through an injury and came out fine for what everything is. And you know, I mean, they're going against green Bay, so they should score a lot or, on the flip side, Brad, does maybe Green Bay's defense in week one concern you a little bit, or are we just going back to the fact that Matt Nagy is an idiot in week one? <laughs> I, I think it's both. I think Green Bay's defense is actually pretty good. And, you know, to go on the road and do that uh, in Chicago on, you know, on prime in prime time is, was impressive. But the I we have to – we don't know what the Vikings' offense is going to be. They were handed the ball multiple times by the Falcons early in this game. And they got out to such a big lead that Kirk Cousins literally had 10 passing attempts in this game. He was eight for 10 passing. So you can't look at, at Thielen and Diggs' numbers and, and project them out like, oh, Diggs only had two catches. We had two out of eight completions, you know, which is a, a decent snap share. Like, I agree. It's it's just these three guys. That's actually, tar- but, yeah, target share. Yeah, that's huge, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, it's you know, it, it was Thielen and Diggs, and I think Chad Beebe got one catch, and then Dalvin Cook. This is the Dalvin Cook show in Minnesota as long as he's healthy because they were just feeding him the ball, getting in the ball in the passing game. Even Alexander Madison got in there. Like, they want to run the ball, and Madison had nine carries, and and that was in a game where, you know, they got up early, but, it, but Madison was in the game in the, in the first, second quarter of the game. But, you know, this is, they, they have, you look at the second half last season when, when they, you know, switched offensive coordinators and they, you know, the Adam Thielen became almost non-existent in the second half. It became a a running show. Even when Latavius Murray was the starting running back, that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to control the clock. They're going to, it's, it's not great for fantasy unless you have Dalvin Cook, but that's the, the reality of what this Vikings team is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're bringing Gary Kubiak in. Uh, it's the writing on the wall for me is that they want to run the football here. And <laughs> a little concerning. I, I'm sure game script had a lot to do with it, but Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 10 times is is slightly concerning, yes. Uh, but 30 <laughs> rushing attempts between Cook and Madison. And then even Amir Abdullah got in there with a couple. And Kirk Cousins ran the ball six times. He almost ran the ball more times than he threw the ball, which is, again, probably not something that we'll see going forward. But you start all your studs, Jake. You you play them all. And it is the Dalvin Cook show as long as this guy can stay healthy. Man, he looked great. He did. All right, we gotta. I gotta have to pick like one topic here. We spent like four four games in like twenty something minutes. We'll try to pick up the pace a little bit here for you. Hopefully, get through all the games. Although, hey, as a reminder, we keep talking about. It. There's multiple shows, and I'm about to do a show later today with Brad and Fuss, Brandon Fusson just talking about rankings. So we got that covered for you. The Colts. Uh, the Colts side of things. Uh, there's no Devin Funches. Uh, do you want anybody on this team, Chris, after T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, or? Is the answer they? That's the end of it. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. I, t- I took some shots on Kane in deep, deep, deep leagues. Uh, he had decent pre preseason showing, but that that's pretty much it. I mean, it's the Mac and T Y Hilton show there as well. Yeah, I grabbed Dion Dion Kane in a couple leagues too, just to see what happens. They, I know they like him there. Um, he's probably got a pretty good love him uh, r- rapport with Jacoby Brissett, just because they were both playing, you know, essentially second team most of the time. Um, you know, when luck was my there, only problem so. with that, Brad, is I looked at the snap count and it was Chester Rogers, and it was like Dion Kane was down by Zach Paschal. Like I think actually yeah, Paschal sure. might have had more. That's that's my only concern. Yeah, Rodgers could be Paris there. Campbell. I mean, they might try to get Paris Campbell involved a lot more. Like, who yeah. knows? It's, it's you know, we don't know what they're going to do. But I'm just taking a flyer on a, on a guy who wasn't owned that I think has some upside. And I'm not starting him this week. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong there. But 
Um, at the same time, like I was impressed with what they did against Indiana or against San Diego, um, because that's that Chargers defense was supposed to be a top five defense, and and you know they played right there with them. Brissett did not look shaken at all. He was pretty effective. I mean, he was twenty one to twenty seven, threw a couple touchdown passes. You know, ran the ball, just uh, scrambled a little bit to to get some yardage. It's like the, I think this offense is going to be a little better than what most people expected without Andrew Luck there. Not that they're a top top half offense or anything, but Marlon Mack was a monster in that game. He was they were just feeding him the ball, and and the Chargers had no answer for him. So I think that's that's you know it, it makes Brissett a lot more viable as an NFL quarterback, not not necessarily a fantasy quarterback, but an NFL. I said quarterback quick. If he did. <laughs> I know, and I want to ask Jake too. Like, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you sell high on Ty and Mac? Like when we talked about them, we—I uh, think I—I I know that I remember saying when when Luck retired, we had this conversation about these guys were falling down draft boards to the point where they're just going to become valuable. I feel like maybe not Ty will be as good without Luck, but Mac could even be better without Luck because the offensive line is so good, and if they're just going to give him twenty plus touches every single game, I mean the points are going to add up. I—I I don't think. I think where you got him is like you're laughing. It's like a steal. You basically got him as an RB three a week heading into the season, as opposed to an RB two. Yeah, there's no way you can sell high. And the biggest thing is because Mac isn't going to give you the respect of even top fifteen, probably. Right. Although if you got like borderline RB one value, I would consider it. But T Y Hilton's not going to give you borderline wide receiver one at this point, especially with now the addition of Devin Funches, because people are going to be like, oh, that, you know, everybody's just going to roll seventeen coverages over to T Y Hilton. So. Right. I'd hold them both for now. And the biggest concern is the Tennessee matchup, which, again, you guys know this. I said, let's give this defense some respect. Yeah. On the flip side of it, Derrick Henry looks great. We know about Derrick Henry. He's going to have those games where, you know, it's 75-yard reception. But on the flip side, it's Corey Davis. Let's just Corey Davis is the concern. There's no question about it for the Tennessee Titans. Like Adam Humphreys, which surprisingly outplayed by A.J. Brown, I actually thought that could be a contention for the entire year because A.J. Brown barely played in the preseason, but barely played was Adam – well, targeted was Adam Humphreys. But Corey Davis, 0 for 3. What are we doing with Corey Davis, guys? I'm not playing him. I mean, I want to give some respect to Denzel Ward, who is all over him. They didn't even really look his way, three targets. But I'm not. I'm not playing him. Well, the Sears actually turned out to be one of the better corners in the league over the past year plus. Yeah, so he's not. He's going to get this week. Yeah, exactly. So he's not. And then he's got Jaxel after that. So he's not. I'm not touching him. Um, He's like he's not coming near my lineup. I don't have a ton of shares. I wouldn't cut loose just yet. Again, 10 team. That's it. The only guys that are coming in my lineup in Tennessee are Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry. Like that's it. And probably the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I I like AJ Brown as a long-term prospect. I think week one was just kind of a fluke when he you know he was able to to make a move and get loose and get a, a super long 50, nice 50 plus him, yard yeah. you know catch um, that boosted his numbers quite a bit. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's you know Dion Lewis didn't have a lot of play, but this was a this was not a great game script for Dion Lewis because they were up the whole time and then they got up big late. Like it, it just wasn't, you know, wasn't a game where they're, he, they need him in there. Derrick Henry is not going to be used in the passing game very much. He caught one screen pass, happened to take it to the house. And that's why his receiving numbers look overblown. Um, but, but I, you know, this is going, I think this week is going to be a much tougher matchup for them than Cleveland was because the Colts secondary is so good. Like Delaney Walker is literally the only guy I'm okay putting in my lineup. Um, I, I wouldn't even, if it was me, I would not even want to start Derrick Henry this week. I would, I will have him outside my RB2 rankings and, wow. because I just, I don't think this is a, is a really good matchup for him at all. Hmm. Hot take? Hot take alert. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> hot take alert. So, so, all right, 
let's move on. Next game. New England Dolphins. We we kind of talked about this before the show about taking you know the even the over yeah. on the well taking the spread for the, the lay the points basically for the Patriots. But that's not what we're going to talk about, and we're not going to break down the entire news of Antonio Brown. Everybody knows what's going on at this point. Let's Do just we? pretend. <laughs> no, no, that's I that's know. The I'm point. just kidding. Yeah. Let's just pretend he's playing because that's you know you guys are have the updates. You guys make the decision. We're doing the show on Wednesday. There'll be news before then. He's playing. Antonio Brown, the rest of this offense. Antonio Brown is a wide receiver. One, what does this do for Julian Edelman in your mind? What does this do for Josh Gordon, James White, the entire offense as a whole, Chris? Yeah, as we said Monday, I think you downgrade everybody. Tom Brady gets the boost. James White's going to continue his role. Uh, you just hope Sony Michelle finds the end zone a couple times because they're going to score points. Like this could be a Michelle game, right? We could we could be in a situation where Michelle has four rushing touchdowns in this game, and they could all be from the five or the one. Like we've seen that before. He led this team in red zone rushing attempts last season. He was falling into the end zone every time that New England blew out team. So that's a possibility. Uh, d- downgrade slightly from Gordon. He still has that big playability. I would I would roll him out there still as you know as a wide receiver three upside to be a two, and I'd still play Julian Edelman as well. I mean he's I think he's still going to have the same role. He could he could probably be the most consistent wide receiver out of out of all of them. So yeah, and, and we will talk. There's another show best on the board with myself and Michael Beller, and I know he's probably not going to take the Patriots and all those like eighteen and a half is, is pretty high, but I can't see Miami putting it together and scoring you know even ten points. Just what a mess they are. Okay, so I'm going to go the other route real quick. And let's say Antonio Brown does not play this week. Let's say they, they, they set him out. I think Philip Dorsett is actually a really sneaky good play if Brown doesn't play because the Dolphins just proved last week they cannot handle the, the, the burners going down the field. They Marquise Brown torched them. Um, Willie Sneed got loose for a, a long touchdown. And it's like the guys down the field were a problem for them. And that's what Philip Dorsett's game is. So he could actually have end up having another game kind of like he did week one if he if Antonio Brown doesn't play. Um, from the Dolphins side, I want nothing to do with it. I don't want their running game. I don't want Fitzpatrick even in a super flex. Like I want nothing to do with this team because there there isn't a single guy on there that I, I am completely confident in. I would rather, uh, like, literally all of them drop them. I mean, they, they may lose Albert <laughs> Wilson for a couple of weeks. Like, I want nothing to do with the running game, passing game, nothing. Parker is interesting, <laughs> but he's got to go up against Gilmore. Or, like, it's I actually just... like Preston Williams as a talent. Yeah. The biggest thing is I didn't think he was going to get playing time. But what we've continued to say, and I will continue to say, is I'm throwing a few bucks on Preston Williams, more so because it's a keeper league, but also for the fact yeah. of, you know what? It's it's the Dolphins. Don't get too excited about Drake or Bellagio or anybody because it's still a Dolphins offense. Yeah, nice if you don't think work by Preston Williams there. Man. Yes, and if you don't think the Patriots are one of those teams that when they're up forty-two to nothing to continue to roll up the score, like just this is that's not going to change anything. All right, Buffalo, New York, the battle of two New York. Oh wait, not really. Two teams that are saying they're from New York. Uh, Buffalo and New York and New York Jersey. Uh, the Bills. Josh Allen, yay, fun. But, all right, let's talk about Devin Singletary in this backfield because a lot of people already are questioning, do I buy low? Do I get rid of him? Do I pick up somebody else? You know, it looks like it might be his, but the touches aren't all his. John Brown and Cole Beasley look good in week one. And, by the way, Cole Beasley against the Giants. Oh, my God. I Actually, I love both John Brown and Cole Beasley. Yeah. I, I'm rolling out everybody I can possibly on the Bills offense, including Devin Singletary, Chris. Yeah, I like the Bills a lot. I have them as a playoff team. I love their defense. I have so much respect for their defense. Even though they turned the ball over four times last week against the Jets, like they really dominated that football game. They just couldn't get the offense going. Josh Allen, I like, led the league in, in fourth quarter comebacks last year. 
week one, did it as well. Singletary didn't touch the ball until like six minutes left in the third quarter. I don't know what took so right. long, but after that, it was just the Singletary show. He had a couple solid runs. He had six targets and five catches, which is super encouraging for his value. Uh, I don't know about the term buying low. Like I would, yeah, I would try to get him wherever I could. Uh, big fan of his. It's only a matter of time. Like Gore's still going to get some touches, but it's only a matter of time really before like he has at least 60% of the touches in this offense, and that's just encouraging. The offensive line upgrade there. Like you said, love Brown, love Beasley. Yeah, roll out Buffalo, who didn't have to go anywhere, right? They, they're playing in the same, same area. They were there to play the Jets. They're there to play the Giants. I like the Bills this week a lot. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think the Jets' defense is pretty good. So the fact that the Bills were able to do what they did against a good defense on the road, like I, I actually think that bodes well because the Giants' defense is not as good, and and so I have no problem, no. you know, rolling rolling <laughs> some of these guys out there this week because, um, you know, John Brown looked great. Um, obviously had a connection with Josh Allen. Allen has a big arm, loves to throw the ball downfield. That's perfect for John Brown's game. Um, you know, Frank Gore was getting a lot of play early. I think he's going to be a little more effective against the Giants than he was against the Jets. Um, and I love Singletary. I, th- I think you could start Gore in a, in a deep league in a, as a flex. I think, you know, Singletary could be an RB2 this week. Um, I, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to play Derrick Henry this week. I would play Singletary over Derrick Henry. Good grief. You chill out with the hot takes. Hey, why, does he, why do you hate Derrick Henry? Yeah. I just don't like the matchup. I, I think the Colts' defensive front is going to give them fits, and, and they're going to end up having to pass to stay in that game, and that's why I like Delaney Walker. He's at Brad Ziegler for everybody that wants to come after him. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. Uh, on, the, on the Giants' side of it, uh, Barkley, Ingram, period, dot, the end. Yeah. Yeah, Ingram, I think we've said this on the show, but Ingram is in for a massive season if this guy can play 16 No, but here's games. the question, Chris. Like, you, we're not screwing around with Cordy Lattimore or Ben no, Fowler no, or Russell no. Shepard. Like, if Shep, if Sterling Shepard's out, that's, like, the whole point. Yeah, no, nobody. Just Ingram yeah. and Barkley, and that's it. And you just hope that the Giants can just keep things close in all of their games because <laughs> what I saw last week was <laughs> – was a bit of a bummer like and you have to be bummed I know it's just one week let's not overreact but if you took Barkley at one and you seen what McCaffrey did and you're just like oh my goodness like the upside just is higher yeah. because how does he have 15 touches yeah like, that's be- because that's absurd he because has to have 10 more than they that may get into a situation a where they're just out of ball games and then they just throw a Gallman in the last five minutes like because what's the point of playing Barkley like it's I know maybe I'm overreacting a little bit but what I saw from week one I I didn't like this all of them. Bark. The funny thing is, is watching this is why they were top four picks. If you watched any of that game, it's the Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. Again, these are why they were top four. It's so entertaining to watch them because it's almost like they get the ball and all of a sudden they're already three yards upfield. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're and they. I think the Giants. It wouldn't surprise me if they go back, they look at film, and they'll be like, "Why didn't Saquon touch the ball more earlier in this game when we, you know, were at least." still within striking distance before it got out of hand. I think they go this week. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes out and gets 15 touches in the first half this week um, solely (laughs) because they, they, that's what they're going to have to do. It's him and Ingram to stay in the game. And Ingram was a monster. We know he's going to be a monster. They're going to try to feed him the ball in the passing game. But but Barkley's going to have to touch the ball more if they have any chance to win, and and especially against a pretty good Bills defense. They don't have any chance, so that's that's the truth right there. So let's move on. <laughs> Seattle at Pittsburgh, or let's go to the Pittsburgh side of it because people are panicking, dropping Vance McDonald, dropping Dante Moncrief, dropping, which is no pun intended, with Dante Moncrief to be continue this. This offense just looked miserable in week one. Everything could possibly go wrong went wrong. I mean, the offensive line looked fine. James Conner looked fine. We're not talking about that, but you guys know this, and I brought this up and I'm going to say it again. 
if you talk about the Bengals in week one, there was a specific person that they torched who plays for the Seahawks, who had 13 targets go his way, gave up 10 receptions for 170 yards and a touchdown. If there's any week to have the unexpected bounce back, Brad, it's Dante Moncrief, or maybe it's James Washington, but I mean, it could actually happen this week against the Seahawks as much as people are probably scared because they are the Seahawks, but it is home in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Dante Moncrief is probably going to go out with the jugs machine this week and catch about 6,000 balls. Um, so he's going to get 12,000 go his way? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Um, they're going to have to turn the velocity down on the jugs to, for him to catch it. But, but uh, you know, I, I, this to me is a golden matchup for Juju. And the, the main reason is because we know from past the Patriots will do anything they can to take away a team's other number one option and make you beat them with something else. Steelers proved they couldn't do that. That's not the Seahawks game defensively they're they I think Juju goes off in this game and and if you know if anyone is is at all in your league tilting thinking like oh Juju can't be a number one receiver go get him now if there's any way you can acquire him without giving up the the franchise because I think he's going to go off I think Big Ben's going to start feeding him the ball because he's going to lose some confidence in Moncrief after last week and and but I the guy I really like in this matchup and I I think the Seahawks showed they're going to have struggle with stopping the run a little bit and, and I have no problem rolling James Conner out there as literally a top five running back this week because I think he's going to he's just going to be fed the ball. Um, and and I, I think this is a much better matchup for Pittsburgh than last week. Yeah, Pittsburgh should be able to bounce back. I, I'm in agreement here. But uh, I, I like James Washington. I know Moncrief had the 10 targets, the bunch of drops. They went to him uh, on a fade in the in the red zone. I think that's where his value lies. I mean, if you're a Moncrief owner, you just hope that he gets those red zone targets like he did a few years ago with Luck. I mean, most of his catches were inside the red zone. He is a weapon inside the red zone. I'm sure him and Big Ben will, will get on the same page there. But I like James Washington a lot, like to your point, Jake, just like a – a burner, what we saw with Ross last week, what they were able to do, um, you know, against that secondary. I think, you know, at, at the first half of last week against New England, I was wondering, where's James Washington? He's not even getting on the field. It's like Johnson's on the field. We saw a lot of Switzer, six targets, six catches. Like, what's happening here? And then they started taking some shots with Washington, and I feel like, you know, Big he Ben. ran into coverage. Yeah, Big Ben, is, <laughs> sure. Big Ben, you know, when he sees on the outside a one-on-one coverage like that, He'll take some shots at James Washington. He is a burner. There's going to be some inconsistent games from him as well, but he's the guy I like the most after Juju. All right, so on the flip side of the ball, Seattle, Tyler Lockett only saw, what, two targets? But he's Tyler Lockett, and sometimes that's all that matters. I mean, do we are we okay with Tyler Lockett? Quick version. Yeah, we're okay with him. I don't, I don't like him as much as everybody loved him heading in, but I'm okay with him. And I was encouraged with DK Metcalf, too. I think that's somebody that you should play. Yeah, and the Brad. Steelers secondary looked awful last week. So roll, roll lock it out there, and and definitely you know keep rolling with Chris Carson. He was the focal point of that offense. So um, do it again. Cowboys at Washington. Uh, the bigger question here is it's not anything from the Cowboys. Is the question Chris is Gallup and Randall Cobb can they continue to be relevant? Uh, I don't know about Randall Cobb, but you know. Dak certainly spread it around <laughs> to everybody there, and Cobb did look good in that game. But Gallup, I'm in on. I think all three of us we've we've talked about him a lot. So, yeah, this is this is another good matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Another good matchup next week for the Dallas Cowboys. Like all of these guys, I think are going to continue to to have some success. But I would imagine more touches for D- for Zeke in this game. So maybe fewer passing attempts for Dak. But 
definitely like. I don't know. This might be, might be another one where we see Tony Pollard the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, you're right. It could. It could. And next week against Miami is also a situation where we could. We <laughs> might see Tony Pollard in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, we could see him in the third, and maybe even in the second quarter. But yeah, I like I like Gallup, and uh, he, you know, a borderline wide receiver three if you got him. Yeah, and, and congrats if you played Amari Cooper last week because you got one of his his four good games this year. So uh, it'll be like um, seven good games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. That's that's a call <laughs> so, the division is probably um, another one. Coming. But yeah, I I'm good with Gallup. Gallup's a lot more of a to me a, a consistent receiver. Um, he's a red zone threat. Like that's that's a guy I have no problem rolling out there as a wide receiver three because I think he's going to get lots of play in this offense. Um, and you know I don't think we're going to see Dak throwing you know four oh five and four touchdowns every week. So. Um, you know, if you, if you have him on your team and you can sell high, I would, because I don't think that's, that's their normal offensive game plan. On the flip side of the ball, I like Chris Thompson a lot. I actually like him more than Adrian Peterson because Chris Thompson was on the field a hell of a lot in week one. Granted, Darius Geis apparently wasn't hundred percent healthy as we all well know, but Adrian Peterson doesn't catch the ball and Chris Thompson and this team are going to be down. And also, yes, I am willing to throw a few dollars on Terry McLaurin out there because let's be honest. Talk about snap share. He was the lead. It wasn't Trey Quinn. It wasn't Paul Richardson. It was Terry McLaurin, who I thought was going to have to wait for Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Yeah, I thought he was going to have to wait, too. And I got a lot of shares of this guy. I spent about 20% of my fab in, in certain formats to get him where I where I didn't draft him. And get yeah, who? McLaur- Say it. McLaurin. With the accent. Mc- McLaurin. No, Is it accent. McLaurin? There you go. It's not bad. <laughs> that was pretty weak. Yeah, it's pretty weak. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do well with accents. But I was very impressed with him to his point. Like he's better than Paul Richardson. Like we haven't seen anything from Richardson over the years. He he was, Jake, you said it. He basically played a hundred percent of the snaps. He's on the field. He made a couple really nice catches. He looked good. He should have so had another one. He should have had, had another one. A seventy-three one. yard touchdown yep. that Keenum overthrew him on the. Yep. He had beaten the defense by five yards. Hundred percent. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he could have been wide receiver one if he would have caught that. Honestly. Uh. So yeah. I, Keenum was going to him right away. It's only a matter of time before Hassans gets in there, and that's his boy. So, yeah, I, I, I like both Chris Thompson as well, definitely. All right, yeah, so I, we're, so, hold, on, hold on, hold on, Brad, sorry. So what I was going to say going forward is because this is the first time we've done this kind of show. We're going to actually tighten up going forward. So now I'm going to go to you guys alternating. Unless you have something major to say, you, you don't get to chime in. Sorry. So do you have anything major to say, Brad, because we're going to the next game? You get Arizona-Baltimore first if you want, if you just want to talk about that. Nope, yeah, give, give me the, the <laughs> okay. reasons. Oh, there's reasons. not enough time Arizona, for Arizona. Yeah, Arizona-Baltimore. Hey, Kyle Murray, Lamar Jackson, this is going to be a hell of fun. But there's a lot of the accelerator pieces that we have questions about. Just give me your take on this game. Uh this is going to be a big offensive struggle for the Cardinals because the Ravens defense is legit and, and it's going to be interesting to see how Kyler Murray reacts. Uh, give me all the Ravens in this game. This is, this is an unbelievable matchup for them. So you're only starting David Johnson, basically. Uh, David Johnson. I, I, I mean, I have no problem starting the other guys, but I, I'm not as confident in them. I'm going to start Fitzgerald because he looked great. Um, I, I would, Fitch, this is probably the one Fitzgerald, week. Fitzgerald, probably the one week. Mark Fitzgerald, Marquise Brown or Miles Boykin. Uh, give me Marquise Brown out of those three. Hmm. Um, any quick take, Chris? I like Fitz. I like Fitz a lot. I think he's going to have a role in this offense. That's all I get. That's all I get. No, yeah. yeah. Play him. Play Fitz. <laughs> play Fitz. That's the only Cardinal I would play after DJ. All right. Chris, Jacksonville at Houston. Uh, Duke Johnson. I know Brad's going to jump in on this one. So I already know that. But Duke Johnson, Carl's Hyde looked, hey, re- reinvigorated. He's back out there again, but... Kenny Stills is supposed to get more touches. Jacksonville, we know Gardner Minshew is now a quarterback. D.D. Westbrook looked fine, included. We talked about it at nauseum pretty much on Monday. But 
the Jacksonville offense, the Houston offense, your takes for this game. Yeah, there's not enough time to dig up those old texts about Carlos Hyde getting more carries. Like, he did look good. 10 carries, 83 yards. I still don't love him, but he's going to have a big role in this offense between the two guys. I'm not ready to start Kenny Stills. Like, he wouldn't have – it was just a catch at the end that made his day okay. Like, if that doesn't happen, he's like 2 for 12 or something silly What's like baffling that. to me is how many people are asking me if they should drop Will Fuller. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he he had more yards. I, I know there wasn't a lot of targets. It was the DeAndre Hopkins show, which will be the case every single week. That guy is unbelievable. I heard he's pretty good. Yeah, it's just, oh, man, he's so good. He should have went first overall, really. Um, but, yeah, anyways, Will Fuller is fine. You just hold him. You're going to get these games. We've talked about that before. There's, there's He's the perfect best ball guy. But, yeah, you don't drop him. You hang on. <laughs> yeah, and, that, uh, you know, the, real quick, the the – the Texans, the Saints, Saints defense is really good. I think they're a, a potentially a top five defense. So the fact that the Texans scored on them like they did gives me a lot of hope because I actually don't think Jacksonville's defense is very good after, especially after watching them against Kansas City, which I know it's Kansas City, but they they had the Chiefs had no problem targeting Jalen or uh, Jalen Ramsey and going after everybody and and so I, I think this is a really good matchup for all the Texans receivers. All right, let's continue on then, Brad. Next game, Kansas City. Oh, that, how funny how that worked uh, yeah. out. That was right, he's not allowed to talk about him. Yeah. Kansas City at Oakland. Uh, everybody knows I've been doing – I'm kind of tired at this point from doing my victory laps and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. <laughs> like, I, look, there's going to be down games. I'm not. I'm, I'm obviously saying that tongue-in-cheek. But Kansas City, Miko Harmon steps into Tyreek Hill. Again, Tyreek Hill role. Again, we talked about it on Monday in the waiver show. But if you had to start anybody besides Tyreek Hill at the wide receivers in position, are you? And then Oakland – is there anybody besides Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs, or is that the end of the offense? No, and I – so I, I'm going to go against you on Josh Jacobs on this. That was the, the scenario last week where I told you it was like the perfect storm where he had great game script. He got 23 attempts. He only got 85 yards on 23 attempts. That's not a lot. But he did get the two touchdowns, which is – you know obviously we know he's the goal line guy. I don't think – I think this game they're going to have to pass the ball more to stay – even have any prayer staying in this game. I love Darren Waller. It's, the Chiefs are not great at, at covering tight ends. Um, Tyrell Williams w- will be interesting because I don't know that he's going to be able to get over the top uh, you know, against Kansas City, but it, it's the underneath guys that I think might eat him up. Hunter, Hunter Renfro, I look to have more catches this week. Waller, like I said, is I think he's going to be a monster this week. Um and, and maybe even Jalen Richard or, or or whoever is coming out of the backfield from receiving. I know it's you know Jacob's got one catch the other day, but I don't think he's he's typically gonna be the the guy mm. when they're playing from behind. That's, that's no other running back even had a target in that game. Yeah, which was surprising. I thought Jalen Richard would at least maybe have a catch or two. I was throwing it out there. Yeah, I I, I think I, what I was encouraged with Jacobs is he just got all the work. Like what we talked about, Jake. Like you can go back to Gruden fifteen hundred years ago and whatever you want to do, but he's he got all of the work, and I think that was you know extremely encouraging. And he can't like he showed that that nice run after the catch, like. I still think he'll be involved, and I like Tyrell Williams. I would play him. I would continue to play him, especially against the Chiefs. I don't care if he can get over the top or not. Like this is a game where they're going to have to throw the football. They're going to have no else. choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and they, yeah, they don't, that's the biggest thing. He's they a don't solid wide receiver three the rest of the way. I think Tyrell Williams. He's one of the bit better steals and drafts. And Waller is going to be consistent. I think all year. Maybe not seventy yards, but he is. Look at Cook last year and what he's able to do. And and Carr doesn't take shots down the field. Like, like last year, I think he had the second lowest aid audit of any qualified quarterback. Like he's just going to use Waller consistently. I think. 
All right, Chicago at Denver then. Do you just grit it and bear it with the guys that we know we need to start in this game, and that's just kind of how you have to look at it, Chris? Uh, do you start Montgomery? Like, do they do they give him a few more touches? Like, that's, that's... – I would wait a week if possible. Yeah, it, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you could – if you have some – some other options, like I would play. I think I'd play Shady Lashawn McCoy over over Montgomery this week in in a game that could you know feature a lot of points. But you know you play Allen Robinson, and that's pretty much the only bear you really feel good about at this point. I don't know. I I also would consider playing Tariq Cohen if they're going to uh, play yes. him in the slot. Agreed, agreed. So because oh, in, in a PPR league, yeah, yeah he's he, there's a good chance that he's just going to get fed the ball. Um, Allen Robinson, obviously, I wouldn't play either of the running backs right now because I want to step back and see how that sorts out. Um, and from the Broncos' perspective, I'm not sure I want any part of this because I, the Bears' defense still is good, and they, it's it's just a you know to me it's you know, I don't Cortland Sutton's not going to get seven catches for 120 yards in this game. I don't like Flacco as a quarterback. It was um, it, he did not do anything against the Raiders that gave me any confidence in him. Okay, then any confidence in what should be possibly the biggest scoring game of the week in the Saints at the Rams? I'm assuming there's a lot of confidence there for you in this one. Yeah, there's some major. This is the complete opposite. Here. Just start everybody. Yeah. yeah, how could you not? Yeah, I, yeah, that, as many pieces of this lineup as you can. Yeah, both both sides. I do I do think New Orleans defense is quite a bit better than the Rams defense. Um, at at least in the secondary. Um, the the Rams are good up front, obviously with Aaron Donald, but but you're not going to not start Alan Kamara. So and and New Orleans to me, this is a major revenge game because of what happened in the NFC Championship last game. I know it's or, or last week or last year. I know. Um, it's in LA, so it's not quite the same atmosphere. But New Orleans is going to want out there, want to go out there and beat the crap out of the the Rams. And it wouldn't surprise me um, if it puts the Rams. You know, they kind of get a punch early in the game, and they end up having to throw a lot. And so, give me all the Rams receivers you can get. Yeah. Play, you know what the best part, everybody. Chris, is like I got a I got a tweet from somebody that said, "How great is it the fact that Taysom Hill is stealing touchdowns from Jared Cook now?" <laughs> <laughs> it is great. Yeah, he's lined up as a tight end. Boogie's saying, hey, you know the be best thing about Hill, line up as a tight end, he's either going to block, run, or catch. It's like, no. You know what the best thing about Jared Cook is? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's another guy, Waller over him, probably Hawkinson over him rest of the way. These these guys um, are players I'm not in their I'll, offense. I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll give you Waller. I'm not ready to do Hawkinson yet. Okay. And you know I hate Jared Cook. I do. You know I, I hate I him. do know you hate that. So, but saying. But something. I would start him in this game over Hawkinson. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. But, well, no, you're yeah, not we'll crazy. See. There's a lot of points in this game. I, I would probably go that way. Too. And there's a lot of points in the Sunday night game. We assume your Eagles at the Falcons. This is another one where you just kind of start everybody involved. Or the question is, Devontae Freeman. We talked about on Monday. Chris didn't look good, and it is the Eagles' defense. Yeah, it is. So he may have another rough game. Actually, you're going to be able to pass on the Eagles all year, and I mean. You could over the past couple of years. Case Keenum started that game, I think, like perfect, like eight for eight. He hit seven different seven different players, backs, tight ends, wide receivers. Everybody was involved, and that's the one thing with the Eagles. If they're going to be able to stop the run game, it's just going to force other teams to throw the football. And if they're going to have success offensively, it's going to force other teams to throw the football. So Julio Jones is going to be the wide receiver one this this week. He's in for an unbelievable matchup. I like Calvin Ridley. Hooper is going to be involved. He's going to catch some passes. Freeman, I don't think he's going to. Like if you're in, the, I'm in the camp of buying low, but I would wait one more week because I I don't know if this is going to be the week where he breaks out. He may be involved more in the passing game, but I just don't think he's going to have a lot of success on the ground. Yeah, I agree. I I do like this is a week I actually really like Matt Ryan. Um, you know they're back at home in the dome. 
Um, everything's always a little bit better for the Falcons whenever they're at home. And and so I, I am totally on board with Julio Jones being the wide receiver one. I got Matt Ryan as the quarterback two this week. So um, I, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I'll just sit back on Red Zone Channel and, and watch this game. I don't even Red Zone Channel. You're just oh, watching the NBC. Sunday night game. Yeah, so it's prime <laughs> time. Sunday night. Don't even have to worry about flipping away. <laughs> no, you don't. And we'll cover the Monday show on Monday, or the Monday game on the Monday show, if I could get that right. There's just too much to get through. So, like I said, we'll try to tighten up and get a little bit more invested to the later games and not so much in the first games. But, again, first one of the shows that we're running through this. And there are plenty more shows to get you covered and ready for week two, including the ranking show that's coming out. And make sure you check out Chris's show as well that he just mentioned and follow Chris at Chris Meany. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. You know me, I'm an all-in kid. And everything's out there for you to check the link, including the show. So one more time as a reminder, if you go to theathletic.com slash the name of the show, the throwback, you can also get 40% off for all the advice. And get involved with the chats and the mailbags and all that type of stuff. If you want your personalized question and answer, you can get that too. But we'll be back on Monday. Good luck in week two. Breathe, everybody. It's only been one week. This is week two. Then we can panic a little bit more come Monday.